I encourage everybody to stay true and honest to yourself, true and honest to what you want to do. It will be easier to come up with all the aspects of your brand. And then it'll be easier to communicate your product and your brand. Hi, welcome to the Wine, Whiskey and Weed Show. This is your host, Sid Patel, CEO of Beverage Trade Network. In this episode, I sit with David Forer, who is the master of wine, and we talk about branding and communications and what you as a brand owner need to do about that. David, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Sid. Super. So uh, please uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself, David. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, where am I from is a complicated question. I was born in the UK, but I grew up in Canada and then lived for 20 years in the Bay Area, uh, where I really felt a thirst for wine. And uh, while I was living there, I became a master of wine, went through all the different uh, cycles up through WSET to become a master of wine. But two and a half years ago, moved to Barcelona to become closer to the old world. Um, here in Europe, I do strategic consulting for uh, for brands and for wine regions, for wineries and wine regions, uh, mainly with regards to communications and path to market. I sit on a number of boards for also some technology startup companies here in uh, in Catalonia, but I also own my own brand, so I'm practicing what I preach and am developing a, a, a brand from our vineyard in the Priorat here in Catalonia. Fantastic. Uh, so let's start with, you know, a strategy of uh, a new brand, right? Like, you know, communications or branding, pretty much everything comes into a planning phase when it comes to a new brand. What, what do you think uh, your strategy, launch strategy should look like for branding and communications? Well, I think one of the things everybody needs to keep in mind is that things like your brand image and your logo and your label are the last things that you should be working on. You have to have a systematic approach to developing your brand. And first, it starts with your mission, your vision, and your values. You have to first determine what, what are you trying to do? Why are you head this company? Why do you have this product? Where do you see it going? So you come up with your mission, your vision, and your values. And from that, then you can develop your brand. And there's three parts to your brand. There's the brand story, the brand messages, and your brand personality. All of those three things have to come from your mission, vision, and values. And this sounds very sort of autocratic, and you have to do this, and you have to do that. But when you actually put it into practice, it helps you stay on track, helps you stay consistent, and it makes your future work easier. It makes the work of coming up with your images, your logo, your label easier when you know what your brand story is, when you know what your messages are, when you know what your personality is, because then you can go out into the marketplace and when you're promoting or coming up with your communication, uh, you, you are consistent and there's nothing contradictory. You're not confusing the consumer because everything is in alignment. So I think when, when you're planning a brand and having a, having a launch, you first have to slow down and go back to why have you developed this product? Why have you started this company? And then move mm-hmm. forward. And that helps you build into the story and things of that nature, I guess? Yeah, so it, it helps you when you know what your vision is uh, and you know what your values are as a company, then that, that really helps you 
define what your brand story is. That one flows easily into the next. And for example, if you've, if you've really dedicated the time, you come up with a concrete mission, vision, and values, then you start working on your story and you, you listen to your story and you realize, you know what, that doesn't really match our vision and values. I don't think that really is our true story. So it helps you develop your brand story and your messages and personality if you slow down and go. True. I think I agree. Uh, one of the things which we personally, you know, uh, for example, in our business units, a lot of times you end up doing this anyway, right? Like you at one phase uh, where you may have to train your sales reps or retailers or distributors, you will have to, there will be some time during your brand uh, phase where you will have to come up with a vision, mission, a proper story, a, a nice PowerPoints and whatnot. It's better to start uh, initially and be consistent about it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it helps you. It, it, it makes it easier for you to explain to the person you're training or your distributor, whoever it is, the, the comprehensive brand that you have and that it's all consistent. They will understand it better if you have this all aligned. So let's say you had a client, let's say you had a winery that just comes to you and say, I want to start a new brand. What are the questions you ask them? Because I think that would be a foundational questions which they can write and answer themselves in developing this plan. Yeah. So if a company came to me and said they want to start a new, a new product, a new wine, a new brand, my first question would be why? Why do you want to do that? Because the answer could be so many different things, and it, and it focuses their future work. For example, why, why are you making this new wine? Well, I see an opportunity in the marketplace for this style of wine from this place, and I think I could uh, be successful with this brand. Well, there already you have some of the key messages. Is that This is a unique style. This is from a unique place. There you go. Now you're starting to build all the pieces that you have there. You could say, um, the, the person could respond to the question why with a, well, we were going back to the way we used to make wine, the way my grandparents used to make wine and making a traditional authentic wine. Uh, and I really want to make this because it's part of my passion. There you go. You have part of your brand messages that you have this historical, traditional, authentic, old style of wine that you're making from a winemaker that's filled with passion. So that helps you form what some of your key messages are, asking them why. After the why, like what kind of questions, like who's your customer, uh, what kind of age, what kind of budget, uh, what sort of questions do you think a brand needs to answer in defining a brand? Yeah, I think you, 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 once you define who you are and what your brand is, you have to then understand who the consumer is. And you have to communicate with the consumer in a way that resonates with them. If, if, you're, if your consumer is that uh, adventurous person that wants that new wine from a new region, then you have to determine where do I find that consumer? How do I communicate with them in the best way possible? And you target that consumer. Give that consumer what they want in a way that resonates with them. It's so easy. Uh, I mean, we, we do a lot of marketing and communications, but it's so, uh, it's, in theory, it's so easy, but it's so hard to discipline, <laughs> put discipline in you when it comes to communications and marketing and sticking with that uh, benefit for the consumer instead of shouting about yourself. 
right? You have to, you know, we all have to sell a product. If the consumer doesn't buy it, then your product is not going to be successful. And the way to get the consumer to buy your product is to convince them that that is a product that they want. And you have to communicate that to them in a way that resonates with them. It's, it's we, especially in the wine business, um, as opposed to beer or spirits, which is, they do a better job at communicating and understanding how the consumer uh, wants to hear the message. But in the wine business, people think, oh, I'm going to make it, I'm going to grow some great grapes, I'm going to make some great wine, and everyone's going to love it. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to, you know, there's one of the rules of thumb I like is, if you're, a wine, if you're a winery owner, spend a third of your time growing the grapes, a third of your time making the wine, and a third of the time selling it. And that selling it is the key part because if anybody can make wine, anybody can make good wine, you, it's harder to sell it. Um, so people need, to, people need to focus on how they're going to sell it and how to get that wine to the consumer who will like it. We need to answer answer the tough questions, right? Like, why will they buy? Yes, why will they buy? And to work with uh, work with the consumer at engaging with them. I think one of the problems we have in the in the wine business is this: we have so many SKUs, tens, hundreds of thousands of SKUs in the world that are vying for attention with the consumer. And how do we communicate with that consumer? Well, most people just pour their wine in into the distribution chain and hope that their message continues through from the export manager to the importer, to the distributor, to the retailer on-premise account to that final point of sale with the customer. And sorry, it doesn't work very well that way. And you need to try to take control of your message and get that message to the consumer in a way that resonates with them. True. What have you seen uh, work? Like, can you give us some case studies or something that uh, people can study that this brands are doing amazing job in touching the consumer and they do understand the consumer really well? So I think one of the, the places in the wine uh, in the wine business where people have been successful is in the supermarket. Uh, I have a lot of experience with supermarket. Uh, sales in in the United States, and you have most of the wine uh, SKUs in those shelves are controlled by the biggest companies like Constellation, and more importantly, more like Gallo. And Gallo really, really pays attention to the consumer. They pay attention to what style of wines the consumers like. They pay attention to what packaging the consumers like. They pay attention to what price the consumers like. And because of that, they've been immensely successful. And you look at other brands and they don't even pay attention to, to you know, what consumer would like wine and targeting those consumers and giving those consumers what they want. It's not so much from a, let's change our wine to make it taste different for this consumer, but let's give them a package, give them a label that is appealing to them. Let's give them a label that matches the price and give it to them and get that consumer really excited to buy that wine. And that's what the big companies like Gallo do. They make the consumers excited to buy that wine and they make consumers that are loyal to their brands. Mm -hmm. How do you go about that? Like, have you seen uh, any tactics uh, about making them excited uh, 
let's say merchandising is one, you know, uh, other, other things that come to your mind on how to sort of create that urgency or create that excitement uh, when it comes to, you know, putting your brand in front of the consumer? Well, I think um, you, you have to try and skip over some of the distribution chain aspects and get your image and your brand directly to the, get your story directly to the consumer. For example, if you uh, realize that uh, the best way to reach your consumer is a targeted Instagram strategy, then do that. But most people just stop there. Uh, for example, I, I was doing some research on a winery and went to their Facebook page and sent them a message through Facebook saying, hey, I need some more information about this wine. Three weeks later, they responded to me. This is, this is unacceptable. If you're going to have a strategy of Instagram or of Facebook or whatever method it is, you can't just put it out there. You have to pay attention. You can't be lazy with follow-up. I, I encourage many of your listeners to, to listen to some of the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, uh, messages that he gives. He's a very influential uh, media media. And he's, he's, he wears this shirt around to all his talks that has his phone number on it and says, text me. And he responds to people's text messages. Why? Because he realizes that if he responds to one person, they will be forever thrilled and loyal to Gary Vee. And so if you, if you throw your, your brand into an Instagram strategy and people start commenting or people start uh, reposting, then, and you do nothing, you have wasted an opportunity to connect with, with consumers and make a loyal consumer. So um, it's important to understand how to reach the consumer, but then also to follow up on it. I think uh, one of the things we also often don't do, which I think you may have, uh, you know, as you said, Gary, we, I think one of the things is, you know, we don't really value the current consumers that are drinking our wines. I mean, that's, that's the place we should pay more attention. We always hunt for the new and that new placements, new, new stores or new distribution or new end consumers, but we often overlook you know, the current and we just don't engage to that deeper levels. I totally agree with you. Looking for that loyalty within the consumers is is uh, vitally important to sustainability of, of your revenues. I think you have um, so much better in the new world a approach to grabbing a consumer and getting them loyal than you do in the old world. The old world, they have a little wine tourism. You can't go visit. There's very much a uh, a standoffish approach to dealing directly with the consumer. But if you go to, um, say, New Zealand, where I was last year, every winery will have a cafe and a restaurant associated with the winery. And it becomes a destination place for uh, local people to go visit. And then they get on the club, and then they become uh, dedicated consumers of that brand. You have in, in California this very sophisticated uh, cellar door practices where people, the, the, the winers keep track of conversion rates, which is the number of people that visit related to the number of people that sign up for the wine club. And a wine club, of, of course, is just a, a genius idea of, you know, a nice constant sale of wine to, to your customers. 
and and a predictable sale to your customers and great cash flow as well. Um, so I think the old world, Europe, should pay attention to the new world and what they do well at retaining customers. Now let's go back to the supermarket example of Gallo. If they have a successful brand, they, if they get it, they'll test it. They'll do all the consumer market research. They'll test it with some with with uh, with consumers that they bring in. They'll test it out into the marketplace, and if it's successful, they'll expand to more production. And then, if it's still successful, they will start doing horizontal expansion, where they'll take that successful Cabernet and make a Merlot, same label, non Merlot. And then they'll switch it into white wine. And then they'll switch it into a, a, a different grape of white wine. And then they'll make a sweet red or whatever it is. And they'll leverage the success of that brand with the loyalty to that brand to keeping the consumer that you said, oh, I discovered this Cabernet. It's really great. I like it. And they bought it four times. And now they go back and go, ah, but I'm like, maybe I'm getting bored of this Cabernet. They go, oh, no, now they have a Merlot. Great. I'm going to buy that Merlot. Yeah, got it. I think, I think that's a good one uh, where you... you you are open to tweaking, uh, you launch something with an open idea of tweaking and listening and then constantly adapting. I think, uh, again, it's the same thing. Like they are current uh, with the consumer behavior. That's the key here, right? I think what you're trying to say, like see how the psychology is changing and Gallo and beer guys and spirit guys understand that, you know, like this is what they like on the label today. This is the price which they're buying today and this is where and how they're buying. Right. And I think, you know, we were talking a little bit about supermarket and, and lower price line, but this also can go through to uh, brands at a higher uh, price point at a uh, more, as you would, some people would say, sort of more authentic wine. For example, in the Priorat, we have two producers, Alvaro Palacios and Matt Deutsch, who have very successful brands at a very high price. And they realize that the consumer... Uh, would like to have their wine more often. So they introduced a lower-priced wine. Each one of them had a, a wine that's at sub-20 euros uh, that can still keep that consumer buying their wine, their winery's wine, but do it at a lower price. And, and that also, uh, of course, helps with their cash flow because these are younger wines that are released younger, and in higher volume, so it helps with their profitability as well. But it, it's keeping those consumers uh, loyal to their wine, drinking more of their wine. Got it, got it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, what What do you think, you know, uh, in a nutshell, if you have to say, like, what are the three to four most important things uh, to keep in mind for, you know, uh, going out when you're building a brand, like, so that brand message remains consistent? I think, so... Being consistent on all the aspects of your brand is not difficult if you're true to yourself. And so if you've been very honest with what you want to do with this brand in terms of your vision and value, then you can stay consistent throughout all your different messaging, whether it's, whether it's the images that you use for your Instagram strategy or whether it's the PowerPoints that you give to distributor sales rep meeting. It's so, David, true. just let me pause you there. I, I just had one thing come up in my mind. Let's say not everyone know exactly sometimes what their consumer is. Let's say you have this story, you have this grandfather's heritage, you want la da da. You have this story. Now, you just have this authenticity which you're going to pound it on social, digital, everywhere, 
retail. And naturally, you will find, uh, discover that, okay, your consumer is this 40 to 45-year-old woman. And then maybe you start penetrating that harder. Do you see those kind of uh, strategies as well? Like where you can actually go, listen, listen, listen. And then maybe after a year, you actually discover who your consumer is. Yeah, I think it depends on your resources and your timelines. If you if you want to build a very large volume brand, uh, and you have a you have a number of years to achieve uh, profitability in your financial plan, then yes, you can go out with different strategies and fine tune it from there. Um, if you don't, then you have to do some pre work first. Figure out who your competition is, what works for them, learn from them, and learn from their mistakes, and see what's gripped what grips and don't just follow the the same path everybody else does. Of course you, you really need to make a unique and profoundly original uh, uh, message to try and grab your consumers because we have tens or hundreds of thousands of SKUs out in the world. Uh, you need to, to be heard above everybody else. You can't do it the same way as everybody else. But yes, to answer your question, it depends on, what your your event horizon is for your brand. If you have enough time, you can go do it yourself. If not, try and figure out what other people have done and in your competitive set and go from there. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to come up with those powerful messages. I mean, I, I finally now respect uh, the creative side of things because, you know, sending that message, this whole thing, the whole vision, story, communications, and packaging that into like four words is is so hard i mean you know how do you think uh, like how do you help wineries when you advise them like you know to compile their message and make it as powerful like you you, you also let's say one of the things that you help is uh, construct them in uh, help them with powerful brand messages right what what's the science behind it how can they construct a powerful slogan yeah i think part of part of our problem is that we we end up in such an insular place that if you're a very small company, you're just talking to your, your different partners or the people that you're, you're working with day to day, and you're saying the same things to each other. If you work for a big company, then you've got some committee and you've got to deal with the, with the creative side and you've got to deal with the media side, and, you, and everybody's just very insular. There's nothing breaks out. I think what's important is when you draft some of your key messages, when you draft those words, you have to take it outside the bubble. And... You could take it outside the bubble of your company to other people that you respect or take it out to a regular person that doesn't work in the wine business and say, hey, if I told you about a product and I described it as this, is, is that boring? Have you heard that before? Is that compelling? Does that make you interested in it? And I think the key thing is to get out of your bubble and, and, uh, you can do that in a formal way with consumer taste, uh, testing, uh, market research, but that also stays within your bubble. Some of these things are simple. Say those words that you've gotten it down to four words, say it to a regular person, and get their honest feedback. Couldn't agree more. I think, uh, I think we have uh, got some great insights here, uh, David. Have you got any other tips uh, for this uh, small to medium-sized brand owners? Yeah, I think I think the I started with the message of do the work first. Go step by step through building your brand. But I I encourage everybody to stay true and honest to yourself, true and honest to what you want to do 
it will be easier. It will be easier to come up with all the aspects of your brand. And then it'll be easier to communicate your product and your brand to the world if you're true to yourself and true to what you want to do.